The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Talking the Star Podcast. I'm your host Connor Livesy. Uh, I was supposed to have a co-host on this morning, but they had to get out uh, bail kind of last minute. So um, last night uh, we were going to do a Twitter mailbag, so it kind of works out well. Um, I posted a tweet. We were going to answer some questions. So instead of we answering questions, I'll be answering those questions, which is cool. So it worked out pretty well. Um, we're going to try to have our guest that was supposed to come on this week come on next week. Um, so we'll, uh, if, if they can't, we'll figure it out, but we'll have somebody on with next week to kind of preview that Christmas Eve game. I know anybody who listened to the episode last week, um, Mark Schofield wanted to kind of come back on and maybe preview that game. So we'll look into doing that. Um, and I really, a lot of the things me and Mark talked about last week on that show, which you ha- if you haven't listened, go back and check it out. Cause it, it wasn't like a preview, uh, of this Houston game. We really didn't even talk about the Houston game because we didn't see it being a game that we needed to talk about. And, you know, going back now, you know, I kind of wish we would have spent more time on it um, just because of how much of a struggle it was. But we did talk a lot about some of the struggles that we saw in that Houston game and how that could be concerning down the stretch. Um, so if you haven't listened to that, go back to last week, check that out. Um, but if you did, we're going to, not harp on those same things on this episode. We're going to get into some Twitter mailbag questions. Haven't done that in a little over a month or two, so we like to normally get the questions of the people in here. Um, so let's get right into it. Um, we got Jacksonville coming up this week. That should be a pretty good game. Might talk about that some towards the end, but we're going to get into these mailbag questions first. At Dallas Fan 2000 ask are we seeing the same thing what happened late in the season last year with the offense this year in 2022 in terms of slowing down no and I tweeted that out during the game or after the game on Sunday um while while I have concerns about this football team right now they aren't to the concern level that I had 
last year yet. I should say that. Let me say not yet. Um, Cause they go out and struggle again against Jacksonville, you know, play Philadelphia and just don't even look competitive. You know, that that's kind of when we'll start getting into, okay, this is the same final six weeks that we saw last year, but I think the issue with this team last year is your quarterback just wasn't healthy. Um, he couldn't play. He couldn't play the game at the level that he was capable of playing because he wasn't healthy enough to do it. Um, so that's going to be the biggest difference from last year. This year is I think the quarterback's pretty healthy. Um, I think he showed it on that final drive. Um, but I think my my biggest thing that reminds me of last year is that the play calling is seeming to hit that halt in the season. Um, it's getting to the point where you you're starting to question some of what Kellen Moore is doing. You're starting to question some of if he's able to beat some of his zone coverage look that he didn't show the ability to do last year. Um, and I think that's the biggest issue. Is really it was it was really just the Houston game that they just kind of struggled to move the ball. They didn't run the ball effectively. Um, they didn't run the ball effectively after that first drive. They had one gain over six yards in all of their rushes after that first drive. Um, they averaged two point. Excuse me, if I it's either two point four or two point five yards per carry for the entire game after that first drive of the game. Um, so that's the biggest issue there is I just – I don't see – if you're not able to run the ball against zone, that was the issue from last year. And if you're not able to build passing concepts around how to beat zone coverage, that's a similar issue from last year. But we saw Dak in that final drive be able to absolutely tear apart zone coverage. So that's the difference. He was able to use his legs – uh, twice on that, they were able to run the ball in the, the red zone when they needed to, and then they were able to run some routes in those holes in zone coverage to make some explosive plays. So next question, and just to finish up there, just to kind of wrap it up, I don't have the concern from last year, this year yet. We'll see what happens this week. We'll see if Jackson comes out, plays a ton of you know cover two, some cover three cover one and see what they're able to do. But I think that final drive last week should give you an idea of how they can beat it and how they should look to beat it. At AMF Reynolds one, Andrew Reynolds. He has a couple questions. Micah is clearly playing through injuries. Would you rest him if the first seed were out of reach? Um, I'll answer that one first. Not sure I would rest him. I think at this point, in the season where it's not looking great for that first seed. And you're kind of just, I mean, you're, you're, if they win this week, they're in the playoffs. They've won, they've, they've earned a playoff spot, whether that's the division, whether that's a wild card spot. So if they win this week, I think these last two weeks, what I would do is I would just not play him at defensive end as much as he has been, because he's been playing, you know, a high percentage of his snaps there because that's where he's the biggest difference maker. We've seen some of these games, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, where when he's playing off the ball linebacker for a high percentage of snaps, he's not as disruptive as he is as a pass rusher um, and on the defensive line. So once they wrap up that and you you just – I mean, again, I, I, I have little faith that they're able to run down Philadelphia for that, you know, um, first place in the NFC East for NFC East title. I just think I'd not have him banging heads with – 
offensive lineman for four straight quarters because it just doesn't matter. Um, you can play him off the ball. That in itself is going to give him a little bit more juice than what we've seen when he's playing, you know, 80, 90, even sometimes 95, 100% of his snaps at defensive end. That's four straight quarters of him banging bodies with dudes who are 320, 330 pounds, and he's not that. I mean, he's not a as freaky as he is. He's not a big dude. He is super powerful for his size, but he's six foot two, six foot three, two hundred and fifty five pounds. So he's he's at a weight disadvantage there. And go bang bodies with somebody that's 80, 90 pounds heavier than you for sixty straight minutes, and it's going to wear you down. So I don't know that I rest him. I would just play him in a different way than you have been. That'll kind of give him rest. Um, his second question was CD lamb is quietly having a strong year Will the Cowboys pay him. And what should his range be? Um, I think he'll, they're going to try to pay him after the season. Um, try to get ahead of it. Like they haven't done in the past, um, with some of these guys. And I think he deserves to be paid And that, you know, I don't know if I'd give him the, the, you know, market setting deal, you know, that we see, I mean, it's not the quarterback position, so it's not the next guy up gets the most money, but I mean, I'd pay him as a top five wide receiver because that's going to change uh, pretty quickly. You know, you got a bunch of other young wide receivers that are coming up for deals. So um, Justin Jefferson hasn't been paid. I try to get ahead of that because that could be a pretty wild looking deal. Jamar Chase hasn't been paid. That's going to be a pretty crazy um, contract extension. So I try to get ahead of those two and, you know, see if you can pay him a decent, decent deal, but maybe not top of the market. Um, top five, totally cool with that. I think he's shown that he can be the dude, um, especially when you really don't have anything threatening at wide receiver two, three, four, five, and your tight ends are good, but not great. Last question is Jalen Hurts going to get a huge contract and should Dallas be happy about it? Um, I don't know. He's in what is second year I think it is so he's still got another year before they can do contract stuff with him um, and he'll probably get it I mean he he didn't play well his rookie season and he's playing really well this year so you go into next year and figure out okay was his was year two an anomaly or was that Jalen Hurts and they'll probably you know if he plays like he did this year next year then yeah they're probably gonna give him what he wants. And if he goes back and, you know, reverts back to kind of what we saw last year, then you might be a little bit more patient. They don't have the fifth year option with him. And that's something to keep in mind. So he's on a four year deal. So if they don't extend him next year at some point, you know, after the season or in season, whatever that is or whatever, you know, you have to play three years before you can get a contract extension, then He's going to hit free agency, and we see what happens when quarterbacks hit free agency all the time. They they normally either demand a lot more money than they should or they play elsewhere. We see it with Kirk Cousins and people like that. I mean, not many quarterbacks hit free agency for that reason. Um, and I don't know. I mean, again, I think should Dallas be happy about it? I think the way that Philly's offense kind of runs, it – it makes things easy on Jalen Hurts, but also he makes things easy on that offense because of what he's able to do with his legs and some of the explosive plays he's able to make because of his legs. And that's not just on the ground, but his ability to threaten defenses with his legs. And that that makes things a little bit easier, throwing the ball down the field, throwing the ball, you know, in those intermediate to deep portions of the field. So 
I don't know. I mean, I'm not a – I don't think Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in the NFL. I don't even think he's a top five quarterback in the NFL, but he's played really well this year, and he's not made a ton of mistakes. We go back to, like, what we saw in the Green Bay game. We go back to what we'll see in the playoffs is when teams don't allow him to get out of the pocket. They don't allow him to, you know – run for 70, 80, 90 yards a game, what happens? And I think that's kind of what happened in, in um, the Washington game. I said Green Bay, excuse me, but the Washington game. And then, you know, what we've seen with some of these teams, Indianapolis gave him some trouble. Um, we always forget that Philly needed a off or a defensive pass interference call on, I think it was fourth down, if I'm not mistaken, third or fourth down. It was 40-yard pass interference call when a ball wasn't catchable to Miles Sanders. So, I don't know. I, I don't. I, that, I think that's still to be determined if, if Jalen Hurts gets a big deal, if that's something that Cowboys fans should be excited about or super worried about. I think I'm kind of in the middle some, somewhere right now. Youngblood Kelby asked, do you think wrinkling in Turpin on some sweeps or even trying to use him in the screen game could provide this offense with some more creativity, potential untapped explosiveness. I think with Turpin is I don't think he's a wide receiver. I think he's like the CJ Goodwin of this team, like or CJ Goodwin's technically a corner, but he truly doesn't play corner because I don't think he can play corner at the NFL. I think that's kind of what Turpin is now using him in the screen game and with the sweeps and stuff like that, that's not really asking him to be a receiver. That's just asking him to be kind of a return man. And I I like that idea. Um, I think that's something that you can, I mean, we've seen him get a couple jet sweeps earlier in the season. And, you know, while he hasn't really broken anything huge, he's, he's been effective in that. And that's kind of what I wish, you know, like if the Cowboys run game starts struggling again, you know, where say we, you know, and again, I'm not saying the Cowboys run games struggling, struggling, but they, didn't look great versus uh, Houston last week after that first drive. Um, they had some issues. So if they kind of continue to maybe have some issues running the ball, I'd love to see them incorporate instead of just the, you know, old boring handoffs, you know, inside zone and some of the stuff off tackle with Pollard, um, incorporate some of the CD lamb and Cavante Turpin and Tony Pollard sweeps, because that's just tough to defend. It puts pressure on, defenses it makes them second guess it makes them kind of you know slow down the rush pass and and i'd I'd, if if it just becomes a struggle to run i'd i'd design 15 plays a game for one of those guys to take a sweep and and you don't give it to them every time but you you run them across the formation 15 times and you give six of them you know and split two carries each to cd lamb tony pollard and Cavante turpin and that just it gives defenses something else to think about and i think that could be a way to incorporate Turpin into the offense and just look for a little juice because we know that this offense lacks juice. Um, they don't have a receiver that runs over a four or five right now, other than Turpin um, Gallup still just, I don't think he looks himself. Um, and again, I don't think he's banged up or hurt. I just think he's still kind of trusting his body and trusting his ability to make plays. I think that that touchdown that he dropped in the end zone is just that, you know, a ball that, he had no business leaving his feet on, but he kind of went up in the air to kind of brace contact and ended up being one that he, you know, let get into his shoulder pad, not secured it cleanly and could have costed you a game. Um, you know, it was tracking. He, that, that first, first or second play of the game where they took the play action shot to him and that got hit in the pocket. And it probably should have been caught, but was underthrown. 
we watched that play on all 22 last night and it's just the ball's in the air for three seconds. Like a wide receiver should track that way before that and be able to readjust his route path and slow down or change directions. And it just looks like everything's a little bit late for him right now. Um, he kind of started to adjust his route path to that ball as it was coming down to the catch point. And that, by that time it's too late. And again, it still hit him between the one and the three, you know, he kind of had to dive for it a little bit and, you know, stop his momentum, whatever it is, but he should have stopped his momentum way before that, just based on where the ball was thrown and how it should have been tracked. So I'll take anything that adds a little bit of juice to this offense. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Um, at procrastinator RN, here's my question. Why, what do we make of this? Why is there such a double standard? And then he posted a tweet that says Dak Prescott returned from a broken thumb on the throwing hand, Patrick Mahomes, 16 touchdowns, seven interceptions, Josh Allen, nine touchdowns to seven interceptions, Dak Prescott, 14 touchdowns to eight interceptions. Why is Dak Prescott the only one being hated on and the people doing the most hating are the Cowboys fans? Um, I mean, good question. I'll be the first one to say it. I don't think Dak should be compared to Patrick Mahomes, and I don't think Patrick Mahomes deserve any sort of hate because he's the best far and away quarterback in the NFL. The Josh Allen one, I'd absolutely agree with. I mean, I've said it publicly multiple times. I just don't even understand how – at this point, like Dak, uh, Josh Allen's still getting, you know, MVP conversation talk and stuff like that. He just hasn't played well this year. Um, his efficiency numbers are down. Um, his EPA per play is down. Um, it's not bad, but it's just down from kind of what we're used to. When you look at like his CPOA and EPA composite scores, it's it's not where you would expect it to be. Um, so it's it's. I don't know. It's, Cowboys fans don't watch a lot of football, I think is what I'll say. <laughs> like the ones that aren't football you know, fans do, but I talk to people every day on Twitter who obviously don't watch football. You know, they, 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 it's, they tell me Jalen Hurts sucks or they tell me that the Eagles aren't that good, you know, or they tell me, you know, Justin Herbert's a Hall of Famer or whatever it is. Like, they might watch when those teams play on Monday night football or Sunday night football, but when it's, when it's 1 PM or when it's 4:25 and the Cowboys are playing, they're, they're not 
they're not watching those 1 p.m. slate games. You're not watching the other 425 slate games. They they watch their team play, and that's all they know. So that would be my that would be my answer to that question. But I don't know that for a fact. I I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt because I don't want to tell people that they don't know football, but I also don't have any other reason other to say that they don't watch enough to know what's going on and what the expectations are. Um, so that's the that's my answer to that question, but. At Aaron underscore Rocha says, what's going to stop us from going to the Super Bowl? Um, I think your defense regressing, which I'm starting to kind of, that might be my biggest worry, even though the offense kind of worries me at times too. But I feel like as long as you're healthy on offense, you're going to be fine. Um, With the defense regressing, because I don't think if this offense is kind of on the same path it's on, it's going to be good enough to beat good teams in the playoffs if the defense is having trouble stopping Matt Ryan for a quarter, Daniel Jones for – or Matt Ryan for a half, Daniel Jones for a half, um, Davis Mills, you know, if if Kelvin Joseph and those guys aren't able to figure it out on the – other side of the field from Trayvon Diggs, then that's going to be not fun. Again, Tampa Bay's a mess, but go play Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin when 90% of their pass plays are going to go to Kelvin Joseph. And don't even have many concerns with Deron Bland. He's been good. So I would just say if your defense continues on maybe a little bit of a a trend that they're on right now where they're they're not looking as dominant as they were at the beginning of the season – that would be my biggest thing is 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 your offense going to be good enough to overcome your defense's deficiencies um because they built this team to be defense first they moved on from Amari Cooper they while Terrence Steele played fantastic you know unfortunately he's hurried out for this season like they moved on from Lyle Collins went cheaper there and they kind of turned their attention to the defense side of the ball um that they made you know they've said it multiple times like this is a Right now, this looks like to be a defensive first team. So, I just think that would be my biggest my biggest concern is if the defense kind of starts to see that dip in trend, um, are they going to be good enough to beat your good Philly offenses? You know, even a Tom Brady-led team in the playoffs or a San Francisco team, you know, that's still able to move the ball with Brock Purdy at quarterback. Last one is at Randy Wade seven is cornerback wide receiver or O-line our top priority in the off season. For me, it's easily cornerback and wide receiver. Um, I'd probably lean corner right now um, just because I just don't think you're good there. And you got guys like Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown who are reaching the ends of their contracts. Um, <clears throat> that's the one, you know, to kind of go back to that last question, I just feel like cornerbacks, the position that I feel like could, could end your season early, um, which Kelvin Joseph didn't play awful the other day. He's going to get targeted a ton. He's just got to be able to figure it out down the stretch here. Um, and it'll be great if he does, because that'll ease some of my concerns on the cornerback position if he's able to. Um, but right now I, I think I'd lean cornerback, but also, yeah, wide receiver is an issue as well. That's That's a spot where, I went through it yesterday. Um, This is coming out on Wednesday, so I think I went through it yesterday on Twitter. Um, I'll pull up these numbers real quick for you. So looking at – we're using 538, um, the website that kind of tracks 
different statistics, different metrics. Um, but so according to 538, the Cowboys have one wide receiver ranked in the top 100 in open score. CeeDee Lamb is at number 11. Schultz is at number 24. So Schultz is a free agent. More than likely not going to be re-signed here. Um, so CeeDee Lamb at 11 is where he's at on open score. So he's opened the 11th, in their opinion, the 11th best rate in the NFL. Gallup is at 95th and Noah Brown is at 99th. That's not good. <laughs> that means they're playing like wide receiver, like some of the last, as far as getting open, they're look as some of the last wide receiver threes in all of football. I think they had raked out like 112 people. So they're two of the worst wide receivers in the NFL as far as getting open goes. Not great. Um, their yard after catch scores have them at CD Lamb at 28th. Noah Brown at 38th, Schultz at 85th, and Gallup at 96th. Not great when you really don't have one. C.D. Lamb's your one wide receiver who's in the top 32. So he's one of the best, you know, quote-unquote 1A receivers at yards after the catch. 538 catch scores. So this is just – Natural catching progression, it factors in drops, it factors in balls that should have been caught that weren't, that they aren't ruling drops, and it factors in other other things like balls that might have been behind or high or low, but you expect these guys to bring down. They have these rankings at Lamb at 18th, Noah Brown at 40th, Schultz at 45th, and Gallup at 100th. So my take on that is Michael Gallup needs to – play better um you know he's coming back from an injury i get it but they paid him a decent amount of money and pretty much moved on from amari cooper because they said we feel like michael gallup can come back and be a strong enough wide receiver too and we can use the money that we save from amari to pay him and go get another guy or two but being based on every single one of those rankings he's being graded out by 538 is one of the worst wide receivers in football. So that's not great. Um, so I, while corner has got the nod for me right now, things don't improve with Michael Gallup down the stretch. I mean, as much as we appreciate the, the strides that Noah Brown's made, I think you still want to get a lot better there. Jalen Tolbert shown you nothing. I mean, you could almost argue that he doesn't have a guaranteed roster spot next year. You'll have guys like Simi Fajoko. You'll have, you know, a couple of those younger dudes coming back, but just doesn't give you a whole lot of confidence. So it's 1A, 1B, corner wide receiver for me right now. Um, if I had to lean, it'd be corner, but I'd be taking a look at those wide receivers at the end of the round one, taking a look at the corners at the end of the round one. And if best player available at that position might be your your. 2023 number one or round one draft pick. All right, that is all. Let me make sure I didn't miss anybody. Um, I'm pretty sure that's all the questions we had for the mailbag. Um, real quick, I'll talk. I'm going to talk a little bit about this Jacksonville game because I do think it is not a trap game because Jacksonville is not a bad team, but I do think it's a game that can ease concerns or bring on more. Um, 
Trevor Lawrence, while has some inconsistencies in his play too, has played pretty well here recently. The Jacksonville offense is a fun offense. Um, Doug Peterson's done a really good job with making things pretty easy on Trevor Lawrence. And unlike the Cowboys, you know, when you watch the Cowboys play, you see a lot of contested balls. You see a lot of plays where, you know, dude's got a guy draped on them or you're having to fit the ball into a tight window or over one defender while throwing it, you know, just a lot of mugginess in the Cowboys offense. That's not the case for Jacksonville right now. They're, they do a lot of cool things to get guys open against man coverage. Um, they do a pretty good job of beating some of the zone coverage looks they get too. Um, and they, they got, while it's not a ton of name brand guys, they have some weapons on offense that they worry. Um, Zay Jones has been a good player for them. Marvin Jones has been a good player for them. Uh, Travis Etienne has been good. Evan Ingram had a huge game last week. So they're, they're getting the best out of their offense that doesn't really have, um, a dude, you know, Christian Kirk's there, but he's, he's really, he started out hot, but he's kind of fallen off a little bit. And I think that some of those other dudes present some tougher matchups for you than a guy like Christian Kirk. Um, but when you, when you study and watch and talk about like creative and good offensive football, I think what Jacksonville has been able to do here recently is that, um, and again, it's like I said, that you'll see Trevor Lawrence do it well some weeks, like he did last week. You'll see him struggle with it weeks, some weeks where he's just not able to hit those guys in stride. He's not able to to find the open guy. He holds under the football a little bit too long, and then that can create some issues for him. But if Lawrence is on his game and Peterson calls the games he has been calling, that's going to create another interesting matchup for uh, the uh, Cowboys defense, who's, like I said, struggling a little bit. Now, Lawrence isn't. He's a runner. He's more of a runner than I think a lot of people think he is because he's so tall, but he's not your Jeff Driscoll or Jalen Hurts type of runner. So he'll run it on you some, but I think you more so have to worry about him and that offense beating you from the pocket and as route runners and yards after the catch guys. So I'll be I'll be paying close attention to this one. And this will this will be a good you know, like I almost kind of view this game as the Minnesota game for me, where it was like, all right, let's see if this team's going to be – how good are they? Because if they can come out and really beat up on Jacksonville pretty good, that's going to make me feel really good about this team moving forward, even though the record says Jacksonville's a – you know, they're not a 500 team, but they're kind of – I think they I think they, they play closer to a 500-level team than their record states. But uh, they come out and – I mean, even if they don't dominate Jacksonville, they come out and just beat them by a touchdown. Or, I mean, if you lose to Jacksonville, I think you got issues straight up because that's, I mean, they were not good in the first half against Indianapolis. They did not look for 50, good for 58 minutes against Houston. And then if you come out and just lose to Jacksonville, that's, that's, that's when the concern meter starts to really rise. But they come out and they beat Jacksonville in a, you know, hard fault or convincing fashion, that makes me feel pretty good because this Jacksonville team can create some unique matchups for you. And like I said, I really like what they do on the offensive side of the ball with their creativity and ability to get guys open in space. And they got some players on defense too. I mean, they're, they're definitely, they're definitely growing there. So there's ways that you can beat them on the defense side of the football. They're very up and down there as well, but, you should be able to move the football down the field against Jacksonville. Um, <clears throat> and you should be able to run the ball against Jacksonville. So 
I like this as a get right game for the Cowboys offense. Um, I think that they can they can do some good things on the offense side of the ball. They should be able to. I think this could be a you know let's see where this team's at. The offense should be able to move the football a little bit better than they have um, against Houston, and then the defense is really just going to have to have that bounce back game and and look to really kind of get back on track. So that's kind of my thoughts on this Jacksonville game coming up. But we're going to talk about that game probably a little bit next week uh, briefly before we get into the one that everybody has circled on the calendars, and that's Christmas Eve, uh, Philadelphia at the Cowboys. And that's, again, like, I'm not sure it's going to mean anything, but it sure would feel nice as a team, you know, beating Philadelphia, who's quote-unquote the number one team in football. They are. I mean, I don't, I don't you can't really make the argument as other otherwise right now, but if you're able to beat Philadelphia on Christmas Eve, I don't care what the score is. I don't care how it happens. I think that that really cements yourselves as, as legit, you know, contenders. I think that, you know, a lot of people talk about, are they, are they contenders or pretenders? Like how many times have we heard, you know, I don't, I don't watch sports center, Fox sports or whatever it is, but how many times have we heard that here recently? If, if you go out and beat Philadelphia, that's going to quiet that. Um, and it makes that loss to Philadelphia earlier in the season with Cooper Rush mean nothing because you beat them when your team was not healthy because you're not healthy. You're going to be down some players. You're going to be down your right tackle and nose tackle and corner two, whatever it is, but your quarterback's back. And that's really in the end, realistically, all that matters, especially in the postseason. So if you're able to go out and do that, that's going to be a really big jolt of energy that's going to get inserted into this this team and this fan base and i think that's i hope they're not looking past jacksonville to get to that game but i hope that they got that game circled they really want to go out and and silence a lot of people who are kind of questioning how good they really are but we're getting a lot to talk about as the season progresses we only got a couple weeks left four weeks left jacksonville um philly tennessee and then washington is what we're looking at uh, Cowboys are obviously 10 and three second best record in the NFC tied with Minnesota. So, um, not a whole lot to really get too upset about with right now. A couple things we're keeping our eyes on, on figuring out how concerning they are, but we're going to continue to talk about it. We'll be back uh, next week on the talking star podcast, as well as all the other shows on the blogging, the boys podcast network. Make sure you're tuning into all of those. Make sure you're subscribed to the blogging, the boys podcast network or whatever podcast platform you listen on we'll see you guys next week when we're talking to start podcast see you then